Today we're going to welcome to Let's Talk Native on this Tuesday, February 4th, uh, 2020. While this program may not provide a path to spiritual enlightenment, we do encourage and in some cases start conversations. We kind of break the rules here for Native Radio. We don't do prayers or buffalo speeches. We take a, we take a tough look at history, oppression, and survival. We talk about culture, the arts, politics, and identity. And we may step on a few toes along the way. But our real goal here is to bring people together by breaking down what separates us. We, uh, <coughs> we'll take on the false narratives by critical thinking of all that is heaped upon us. And we do all right here from the Cattaraugus territory of the Seneca Nation. So let's talk native. But first, let me remind you that our, uh, our audio streams live at www.letstalknative.com. We stream video of this show on uh, our Facebook group pages via Facebook Live. We take the audio and we put it up on SoundCloud, which puts it out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including now Spotify. Uh, we take the video and we put it up on our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk Native TV. So you can subscribe to our podcast. You can subscribe to our videos. Uh, and if you subscribe to our video channel, you also get uh, a chance to check out some of our short form videos as well. Uh, hey, I'm all by myself today. Uh, um, uh, Jake is out out sick. Uh, he's not so sick, but uh, he didn't want to bring the, his, <laughs> the flu that's going around his household uh, in. So he was, he was trying to protect me. So that's, uh, <laughs> I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, like I said, we are in the first week of February. So we, um, uh, the, the year's already slipping by pretty quickly. Um, I got a, a topic that I want to discuss here today. I have talked about the doctrine of Christian discovery many times. Um, I've described what the doctrine of Christian discovery is in terms of this these this this church doctrine that would so influence uh, uh, colonization, uh, imperialism. Uh, it was uh, it was used to encourage slavery and the taking of lands and the killing of uh, of indigenous people, people who were considered enemies of Christ because they were not Christians themselves. It is really behind uh, both slavery and genocide. Um, and they aren't exactly the same thing, although certainly slavery was used as a part of genocide and some slavery uh, certainly was, uh, was a component to genocide. But they are, they are distinct things, even though they overlap. But I want to talk about the legacy of it. I mean, we know what the doctrine of Christian discovery was. And, uh, and I, like I said, I've talked about it. I've talked about how it became codified into U.S. law um, through a, a, a one court case in particular, Johnson v. McIntosh, in, in, the eight, in 1823. How it was, it was contradicted oftentimes by the very language that, uh, that presidents, including George Washington himself, uh, negotiated in terms of treaties. There's, there's, you would think that this church dogma, and especially in a country that claims to have a separation of church and state, would have never survived and never would have had the influences that it does. So when I talk to you today about the legacy of the doctrine of Christian discovery, look, I'm not even dealing necessarily with the history, the land loss, the slavery, the the the, the massacres, the, the the like I said, the genocide, all of that. I'm not even really talking about that. Because one of the other parts, and, and frankly, of lesser concern to those who promoted the doctrine of Christian discovery was conversion. This whole notion that um, uh, that once they had to kind of get past the idea that, yeah, we were less than human, but we were human enough to convert to, so they could claim in some sort of altruistic way that they were giving us something. They were giving us their faith. They were giving us their belief system. Of course, they were supplanting it. They were, they were stripping ours away in, in, in what is now called a war crime, uh, condemned by the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous People, condemned by, um, you know, by countries and, and the, the UN and the international community uh, across the board. And in many ways, and I say to an extent, condemned and repudiated by many Christian denominations, Christian churches. Not necessarily the Catholic Church, although the Catholic Church claims that they, um, they've moved past the doctrine of Christian discovery and that it's no longer their standard. You know, they, they, they said that they've adopted other principles, that it's no longer in effect. Well, you can claim that it's a, no longer an established or promoted papal bull, but the problem is once it gets codified into law, it has long-term and lingering effects. 
a legacy. Now, one of the legacies of the doctrine of Christian discovery is uh, it, it wasn't just about land and land title. Obviously, if you look at how much land Native peoples' uh, um, uh, territories have been reduced, you know how how much our territories have shrunk because of theft and because of this this very principle that that because a church because the catholic church and the, and the popes themselves would say that a christian nation could claim the lands of of pagan peoples that's the whole basis of of u.s property law it, it's really its foundation lies on this stuff so it's easy to see how uh how white people how the christian nations of europe which were white folks um could could make this claim and could and could strip and, and create this this whole notion of land title like owning paper owning owning paper that was uh you know that was attributed to you know to real estate now so the land loss thing is is obviously a legacy but along with the with land loss was not just this idea that they could claim the land, but they could claim power over the land. See, this power component is the jurisdictional issue. It's the idea that that only one sovereign could exist, and that sovereign was somehow a bestowed by God. And that's where the the whole royal family stuff, the monarchies, and all other stuff come from. That the, that there's this, you know, that there was this power um, uh, bestowed by you know by God, <clears throat> and. So this ends up being, you know, part of that, uh, you know, part of that that le- legacy is is jurisdictional issues, and we're we're fighting those every day. Uh, you know, our battles over everything from gaming to traffic vi- citations, all of that stuff is associated is, is associated with that. So this is where it gets very 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 tricky, and and where does it leave us? Because here's the here's the other flip side of it. Not only do we have this this jurisdictional battle. But to me, one of the one of the tragedies of the uh, of these legacies is not just jurisdictional issues, but the fact Christianity. If you go across native territories, uh, or, or you know from Alaska to you know to, to the tip of uh, uh, of South America, you're going to see Christianity in all the people, native people, brown people. Not just the white folks, and and not just brown people, black people. So, in spite of the the fact that the the doctrine of Christian discovery was used to promote slavery and genocide, we went along with it. Now, I'm not saying that every native person is a Christian, but you know what? <laughs> you look, you know, throughout um, Central and South America, Christianity, Catholicism itself, the, the actually denomination that, that develops this this Christian dogma. They're all Catholics. Uh, not all Catholics, but predominantly Catholics. I mean, Catholicism is is a huge part, and it's crept in to, to even some of the Native cultures. But you know what? Same thing with us. Now, I know a lot of Native people, a lot of people who call themselves traditionals, who claim, no, I'm not a Christian. But they'll, intercha- they'll just replace the word God with creator. That's not our culture. We have a creation story, but we don't have a in in our creation story in our culture. We don't have an all knowing, all powerful, you know, um, uh, predetermining, uh, all seeing, all hearing creator in our culture. No, we don't. We don't have that. We have a story that talks about the left handed twin and the right handed twin, but they're both creators of sorts. I mean, by you know, because that's what they did. They created, but they didn't create everything. Our creation story already starts with a, with a certain level of creation. So that doesn't, that's not even a part of our culture. And yet we have people that'll switch that around like, like nothing. And, and, and we'll, it'll slip out. You'll hear people say stuff, not just, not just, oh my God, but and now I'll hear people say, oh my creator. I mean, that's just replacing words. The influence is still there. Uh, it's, it's crept into ceremonies, funeral ceremonies. And I've talked about this a great deal. You know, in our culture, the old ways we talked about a person returning to their mother. Now it's, Oh, our loved one is on his final journey to the sky world to be with the Creator. Wow, that sounds an awful lot like uh, Christianity to me, and and to everybody. And and of course, I'm not trying to pick on you know the the Christian influences that have crept into into people's traditional beliefs, although that's that's pretty pervasive. But just flat out, in here in Catarina, there's like five or six churches right here, uh, right on territory. 
five or six of them. I don't, I don't even know for sure. I think there's one that's closed down. But yeah, there, there's there's a hand, literally a handful of churches, and and just one strip of road. So it's there. I mean, it, it, the the influence is there, and and so and so what is that influence? Well, part of that influence it, it gets into this whole God and country thing. It's very difficult for people to separate their their beliefs, their Christian beliefs, and in spite of the whole separation of church and state, which isn't real, <laughs> the whole God and country thing. And of course, within that Christian uh, uh, faith and belief are you know are these kinds of um, you know, passages like "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth," which is like promoting pacifism. So. And, and I say pacifism, but not necessarily because it does away with war. Because look, Christian nations of Europe, they are the most warlike uh, peoples on the planet. Yeah, I know. We want Everybody wants to try to condemn the uh, Islam and, and, and Muslims for, you know, for, for terrorism. It starts with, with Christians long before, uh, you know, long before you, you had the kind of violence that, that people try to attribute with the Muslim world. It was, it was mostly per- perpetrated by Christians. Including things like dropping atomic bombs, including things like, uh, you know, again, sl- slavery and massacres and all that other stuff, killing in the name of their faith. I mean, that doesn't start with Islam. That starts with, with Christianity. So, but the, the pacifism that I'm talking about is, is the pacifism to resist assimilation. I mean, we have 100 years of residential schools, church and government working hand in hand to do what? To kill us, to kill the Indian, save the man, to kill a part of us. Even when they claimed they weren't trying to kill us, they clearly were trying to kill a part of us, a part of who we are, our identity. They were trying to strip that away, strip away the native identity and put a Christian identity in its place. Why? Again, to make us more domesticated, to make us more like them. And actually, not even like them in terms of aristocracy. You know, look, in the Doctrine of Discovery film that Sheldon Wolfchild and Stephen Newcomb did, it's clear that when they were when they were converting native people, it wasn't to make us like them. It was to make us converted uh, barbarians. <laughs> they, we were never going to be like them. But but again, and I don't want to pick on native people because again, Christianity is so pervasive within the black community that it's. I mean, Martin Luther King, a Christian minister. And, you know, I, I posted a meme, uh, a meme just uh, uh, yesterday or something like that. I, I said, that, look, some people fight for equality. Others fight for, uh, for freedom or to be free. And they aren't the same thing. Somebody said, well, is that like the difference between Malcolm X and, uh, and Martin Luther King? Said, yeah, that's a pretty good uh, analogy. And I'm not saying fighting, uh, fighting for equality is wrong. But if you're only tr- trying to fight for equality within a system that's oppressive, you just don't want to be oppressed any more than the guy next to you. That's equality. To be free, to have a free and independent existence, that's a, that's a different thing. And, and to be free is to be free from that oppression. Now, we're all, you know, uh, under the pressure of life. I mean, we, we all have some things that we aren't free to do whatever we want all the time. I mean, look, and that, look there's laws of nature, you know, not laws of man that limit, you know, uh, all of you know the freedom of all of creation. It's a, it's not supposed to be everything is free. You know that freedom it comes at the at the cost of everything else. There's supposed to be a harmony there. So when I talk about fighting for freedom, I'm not trying to you know I'm not talking about killing oppressors necessarily. I'm saying resist oppression. So, but but you can see the difference because if if you've already been constrained somewhat by this you know by 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 church dogma to say. No, I just want to be equal. I just want to, I want to be treated like everybody else. And abandon who, your identity, abandon your culture, abandon what, what kind of makes you distinct. And, and it's not even an abandonment because that's actually stripped away. Look, part of the reason Native people enlist in the armed forces as high as they isn't, isn't just Christianity, although it's, it, it plays a big, a big factor in that. It has to do with, with being so oppressed Oftentimes, and, and that oppression is is more severe against the non Christians with the native territories. I mean, because we we still do have some people who reject it. And in fact, if you go across native territories, if you, historically, you know, and I say within I don't want to say historically ancient history, but in 
in contemporary history for native peoples under U.S. colonialism, you could see the people who who had and the people who didn't, the haves and the have-nots. The haves were the people who complied with the, with the federal government. The haves were the people who worked in government-sanctioned tribal councils. I mean, if you look at band councils or tribal councils and the people who worked in tribal government and the people who didn't, that was the, the, the distinction between the poor, the very poor, and the people who weren't so poor. Sometimes the people who were wealthy or certainly powerful. I mean, you, and, and that came hand in hand with complying. And, and I'll tell you, you know, you know, as you went across, you know, native territories, U.S. and Canadian side, you would see the level of Christianity that influenced the band councils. I mean, they'd open up with prayers, not the Ohundogri with that. I mean, prayers. I mean, you've got the, the Choctaw Nation of, of Oklahoma declaring that uh, through a tribal council resolution that they are a Christian nation. I mean, you see this, this is so pervasive across Native territories. The, the relationship, part of the reason that residential schools were, were, that our people were complicit with them is because they had already accepted the fact that, that, that this Christian influence was going to come into their territories. And, you know, that's, that's just a matter of fact. So when I, when I think about the legacy of the doctrine of Christian discovery, Christianity is that legacy. And, and the fact that, like I said, not just Native people, but black people, the, the victims of slavery. And whether this is out of despair or the lack of hope, so you, so you pin your, you know, your, the last vestiges of hope on the very religion they used to oppress you. And, and that's black people and Native people. I mean, it, it is, you can't, I mean, it's a little bit difficult to fight against the doctrine of Christian discovery if you're Christian. And I know, I'm, look, there's, there's plenty of churches that claim to re, have repudiated the doctrine of Christian discovery, but what does that mean? They, if, if there's no truth or reconciliation, as they say, if there's been nothing to address or redress the crimes committed under the, 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 in the name of these churches, including slavery, I mean, let's be clear. These churches have gotten wealthy. It's, it's ironic for me to listen to the Catholic Church talk about declaring bankruptcy. <laughs> bankruptcy. And mostly to get out of all the payments they have to make because of the, 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 the clergy sex abuse scandal. The Catholic Church declaring bankruptcy? And, and, they'll, and they'll, they'll pick a little spot to de- declare bankruptcy. The overall Catholic Church? Nah, they're, they're not at risk to lose their fortune. And where did they get their fortune from? This doctrine of Christian discovery was about enriching them. And not just the Catholic Church, every church. They use this notion of taking people, land, you know, uh, again, uh, put, subjecting people to servitude. That's how these churches got wealthy. And you know what? Oppression is how they still get wealthy. When I look at these mega churches and, and how much they strip away from the poor, I mean, it's, it's pathetic. It's pathetic. And yet, there we are. And it's, you know, and they, and they serve from the poor white people too. Don't get me wrong. But the idea, and, and I saw somebody posted something on Facebook oh, a couple of years ago. It was a white guy, bearded guy, looked a little bit like, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the Duck Dynasty guys or whatever else, who asked the question, how, why would Native people and black people, you know, accept Christianity? Why would they accept that faith? Considering how that faith was used against them. I'm not look this isn't even about condemning Christianity as a as a faith. I mean I'm I look it's it's not my thing either way. I mean I'm not a I'm not a big fan of the, of the of the church stuff of of the organized religion. You know, Judaism, Islam, Christianity, none of it. And and all the variations of 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 the two or or of the three or or any of the, any of it. But without even getting into the problems of these of these faiths you only have to look at historically what some of these faiths have done i mean and and christianity has been the most negative influence on the world i mean it it is it lies at the foundation of capitalism imperialism slavery genocide all of that stuff most of the of the wars i mean arguably even the the, the holocaust 
was about you know was a was a Germany a Nazi Germany that tried to put, place a higher priority on Christianity over Judaism, and so the the people that they would you know that they would kill in in these in these gas chambers were, were just non Christians. You know, to to the credit of Jewish people, they've managed to you know break that you know that barrier that that kept them from be, being considered white and now and and now Jews can be as big a white supremacist as anybody and and we see it but it it is really really difficult for me not, not to talk about what that legacy of the doctrine of christian discovery is because it isn't just the fact that we've got land loss it's jurisdictional it's the it's this notion of sovereignty because Again, when the courts took the doctrine of Christian discovery and, and, and embedded it into U.S. law, they made that claim that our sovereignty, and they acknowledged that, that, that we preexisted and that we were free and independent people before Europeans came. And they said that our sovereignty was necessarily diminished upon discovery. Uh, and, and again, this discovery title, this discovery power, the power of Christian discovery, that because they held that, in both their their belief system and in their legal system as having power and a power that would strip the power away from other people. So every time we get into a battle over sovereignty, over our own autonomy and distinction, the foundation of that having been stripped away or diminished is always associated with the doctrine of Christian discovery. So every jurisdictional battle we have, whether it's a, a, a property line, whether it's land use, again, whether it's a criminal or, or, or a, a civil issue or, you know, a traffic violation, any of that stuff, it is still tied to the doctrine of Christian discovery. And look, and I, I want to applaud places like Yakima who, who actually, as they were fighting like a tax issue associated with a, with a, a fuel delivery company in, in Yakima territory, who, when the, the the Yakima Nation decided to submit a, an amicus brief into the into that case, it was twofold. First, they talked about the wrong and and the wrongly applied doctrine of Christian discovery. I mean, half of their brief was condemning the the role and the place and and the fact that the doctrine of Christian discovery is illegal and and it's condemnable by the, by the entire world. So there's that, and then they, and then they spent the other half of the brief talking about the, the, the treaties that you know, that they had that, that should have secured. Now the courts they didn't want to touch the first half. They they left the whole doctrine of discovery thing alone. They didn't even they they pretended like that wasn't even part of what they submitted. But I applaud them for for submitting it because we are left today wondering what what do you do about the doctrine of Christian discovery. I mean, even if churches repudiate, even if the Catholic Church repudiates it, which they really haven't done. I mean, we know the world has. I mean, the third affirmation of the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples could not be more a more of a clear repudiation of the doctrine of discovery. I mean, without naming it, they basically say all pra- policies and practices that uh, that promote superiorities of peoples, whether it's you know national origin, whether it's race, ethnicity, or religion. That, it, that it's all wrong. It's scientifically false. It's legally invalid, morally condemnable, socially unjust. That's what the UN, that's what all the nations of the world who are part of the UN agreed upon. Oh, except for four. Four of them wouldn't vote for it in 2007. The United States, Canada, New Zealand, New Zealand and uh, Australia. Those four wouldn't vote for it. Now they all claim to say, yeah, oh, yeah, well, we support the aspirations. What the hell does that mean? It means... <laughs> We still have problems in our laws. Our laws are still based on the doctrine of Christian discovery. So we can't accept in full force the UN Declaration of the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. And, and this is what people don't want to recognize. Look, we can talk about the UN DRIP and the Declaration of Human Rights all, all we want. But if you have laws, in, not just on the books, but in place in the, that are being used every single day, that are based on racism, that haven't been stripped away, I mean, I've listened to lawyers say, no, the idea of uh, fighting the, uh, uh, the, the, or trying to overturn Johnson v. McIntosh, the law, you know, the ruling that, that puts this into, um, uh, you know, codifies into U.S. law, oh, that might be a bit of a challenge, they say. 
They say that could be a problem. Hey, look, we're at the bottom of the hour. Look, uh, like I said, I don't have Jake with me uh, today, so I am trying to run the board on myself. So I'm going to try to go out with some, go out with some music, and uh, we'll take a bit of a break. Thanks for coming back. Just a little little break there with some tunes. Uh, um, look, I'm trying to <laughs> trying to walk and chew gum at the same time here, uh, so I apologize if there's any hiccups uh, on the controls. This is so much easier when Jake's in the studio. And, and again, I wish Jake gets better. I know his mother is sick, and he didn't want to bring that flu virus into the the cramped quarters of our <laughs> of our studio. So, for a personal standpoint, I'm grateful for that. Uh, although I am kind of fumbling around here a little bit. Hey, I, I want to thank our sponsors. I want to thank uh, Ross and Holly John and the RJE family of businesses for supporting this show. Uh, Eric White and ERW Enterprises, the folks at uh, Grand River Enterprises. Um, those are the companies that basically uh, help us do this on a weekly basis. And there's a there's more to this than people. Uh, be, may be aware of this isn't just standing in front of a camera and doing a you know doing a one hour broadcast twice a week and two hour broadcast in New York it, there's a lot involved we have you know services we pay for by the way um, I, you know I talk about us being um, uh, a podcast that is now on Spotify and of course we're on iTunes and uh, Google um, podcast formerly Google Play um, we started delving into the numbers and we're getting, you know, we're getting over 3000 people uh, catching our podcast a, a month. I mean, it'd be nice if it was uh, 3000 people for every podcast, but we're, we're getting there. Our numbers are starting to grow. And so what I'm talking about here and look, if you're, if you're a Christian and you're offended by what I'm saying here, just bear with me. There, there's a point to be, to be made here. And, uh, and, and it isn't just about condemning how much influence, um, this very oppressive church doctrine has had but um, you know, just bear with me but you know i do i do want to uh, again thank those people who support the show including those of you who who you know throw a few dollars on paypal and uh go to our paypal account and you can find that off. do go to our uh, visit our website which is letstalknative.com there you can you can make a donation um i don't have the controls that jake has to throw a bunch of the the images of our shirts that we've got in our in our uh in our store um that our collaboration with teespring to do not only some let's talk native t-shirts but also some some powerful imagery jake uh did a great job putting some some shirts together that uh, address things like l frank bomb and uh you know uh, wounded knee and uh, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, all these guys. So, you know, by all means, go to our store and check out our shirts. Um, also got, uh, got got a great one that, uh, that mocks the Washington football team uh, with, uh, you know, it should say Washington, it should say Washington, but it says white skins. And it's got um, the epitome of a white skin, although he's more orange than white, I guess, but the representative of white skins, Donald Trump on the image. So uh, check that out. <clears throat> also, we, we do uh, have a specific shirt for missing and murdered indigenous women that uh is based on a flag design that that i developed a few years ago so you can check those out um i also want to thank all of you who do share the podcast i mean part of the reason that our numbers are growing is word of mouth and um you know i want to thank my wife in particular who shares this show on you know 20 or 30 <coughs> excuse me 20 or 30 uh, group pages uh, as we're streaming this on Facebook Live and of course you can share it once we post it up as, as a YouTube video um, you can share the, the podcast the, the SoundCloud page or the other uh, videos and of course you can continue to share because these shows stay on Facebook I mean you can look uh, we, we post them as an almost as an announcement so you, you can continue to share them and, uh, and, and of course I appreciate that part of it is, is to have this conversation and then let the conversation grow you know, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how my friend Jed Morey, who was formerly with, uh, um, had the Long Island Press and now is with Newsbeat, um, did a great article after, he not only joined me on my show, but I, I kind of in an offhanded way, I asked him if he saw this segment that was on Fox News, yeah, I know Fox News, um, about freeloaders, and it, and it talked about Native people being freeloaders. And he did a great piece, and, um, you know, talked about how him being half Mohawk, half Jewish, he can see that in the, in the Jewish community, they have had people who have 
um, been able to you know continue to keep the 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 horrors of the Holocaust on the front on you know in the front of people's minds and be involved in prosecuting war crimes and everything else. But he, but he said he 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 said he's almost envious because on the Mohawk side on the native side of, of his ancestry there are no such people. I mean, look, I, you know, I do a show and it's not to condemn or say that I'm not doing enough or others like me aren't doing enough. But there aren't the champions. There aren't the people that are out there keeping it real in front of people's faces, you know, all the time, you know, on the forefront of people's minds. So, um, you know, it's it's easy to, to look at, you know, uh, you know, war crimes tribunals and, you know, all the Nazis who are persecuted and prosecuted. Of course, you know, it's a little lopsided because there are other countries, including the United States, who committed war crimes who, who, are, who are never you know, held to account. But, um, but anyway, it was, it was, that's an example of a conversation, having a conversation and then it, it, it having its own life, I guess. <clears throat> and, and so Jed Moore is an example of taking a small conversation and spreading it into what was, a, you know, a pretty uh, good column that, you know, that made the rounds. I mean, I shared it and I promoted it, but also, you know, he put it out on his, his information. So, um, that's what I, what I hope. I hope that some of the conversations I have, even if they are uncomfortable truths, and there's no question about it. When I talk about the doctrine of Christian discovery, and I talk about the fact that, uh, you know, that there is this, legacy that continues which is how pervasive christianity is amongst native people and black people i mean that's that's an incredible legacy i mean it, it, the effectiveness of changing people and and stripping away their belief systems stripping away whatever culture you know um, cultural influences are and even when some of that culture is hung on to the fact that you could still have influences and look christianity has made its well way well into longhouses into ceremonies i mean look there's some people who want to suggest that that handsome lake the guy who is known as handsome lake had visions of Dagonawida being the same as Jesus Christ. And there are people, there are native people who, you know, Haudenosaunee, traditionals, who to this day believe that Dagonawida, the, 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 the peacemaker, was, is, was Jesus Christ. Oh, they try to do some correlations of dates and times. And of course, you know, they claim that when Handsome Lake had his visions, he, he saw Dagonawida come to him with holes in his hands and his feet. Oh, come on. I mean, and of course, the, the the Mormons do the same thing. You know, the Lost Tribe of Israel, all that stuff. I mean, they, they try to make make that that argument. And and of course, many of the other denominations, it's just just pure conversion. Oh, we're going to save you. You know, um, um, what are the, uh, uh, born again Christian, born again Christian, <laughs> born again. I mean, if you don't die, I mean, and, and I guess that's what they say. They they claim to, you know, they've killed the old self and they've reborn themselves. You know, they've somehow given birth to themselves as Christians, <clears throat> and the influence that it has on how we conduct ourselves. <clears throat> excuse me, how we govern. I mean, it's funny because I've looked at at, at native peoples, um, even the so-called tradition. I mean, Ray Halbritter, <laughs> he literally got the federal government to believe that he represented traditional government, and yet he was Seventh Day Adventist. Look, we've got we've got people who sit on council who have been not just Christians but are part of the Masonic Temple, the, the Masons Lodge, all that stuff. I mean. And you know, without getting into into the whole you know you know Masons thing that the way some people do, I'm, but that's still a Christian organization. I mean, I would argue that if you believe some of this stuff, you know, it, it doesn't make you less native. But if if that those belief systems change your behavior, and and they create a situation where you're abandoning you know much of uh the the stories and, and the teachings and uh you know how we, you know how we live our lives the quality of our life our lives if we change that if we bring that you know these influences that we have no way of verifying that's that, that's the whole nation of notion of faith see 
Native people, we were not a faith-based people. We were nature-based people. We, we looked at nature and we derived, you know, uh, you know, our understandings of the world based on the relationship. That is actually condemned. The, the Catholic Church, when, when the, the movie Avatar came out, the Catholic Church literally condemned the movie because they said it deified nature. It made nature appear to have, you know, a godlike presence. Ooh, what a crime that would be. Now, I'm not even, I don't even want to go there in terms of trying to uh, deify or, or, or turn nature into God. The way it was taught to me was that we do not know the name or the place or the face of that power or where that power dwells. But we know that there's the power of creation. And how do we know? Well, because of creation. Creation is obvious. We see it, it's all around us. So while we may not know the source or the name or the, or the shape or, or really know what that power is, we don't need to know. What we need to do is acknowledge the results of that power. And not just acknowledge it, but give thanks and, um, and, and not destroy what that power of creation has made. Now I know people who say, "Yeah, but well, what about cancer? What about you know, I don't know pestilence? What about look? <clears throat> most of those things, most of those things are the result of of you know man or you know some other you know uh, some other natural occurrence, but or, or unnatural occurrence. I mean, where we live today, where man is almost the antithesis of nature. I mean, when we talk about something being natural uh, or something man-made, I mean, we we do it ourselves. We, we acknowledge that. So when I talk about the legacy of this doctrine of Christian discovery, which was really the legacy of using violence to spread Christendom, to, to expand the nations of, of, Christian, of Christianity, the nations of Christ, that's what the doctrine of Christian discovery was all about. It authorized and encouraged the Christian nations of Europe to, to take over the world. I mean... People want to talk about, you know, Alexander the Great, or they want to talk about, you know, world domination. The United States. Is there, is there a country in the world that, does, that would claim more global domination than the United States? And look, in spite of the whole separation of church and state thing, let's be honest. Half of the, you know, half of the United States without really without really following anything any semblances of the bible claim to be christians and they consider it a christian nation and they they embed it in their in their pledges and their songs and all and all of the other stuff and although they claim to have a separation of church and state you know, that christian right the ones who are all applauding, you know, Donald Trump as he stands up and makes a fool of himself, and once again, and uh, for the whole world, you know, they hang on that faith. And you know what? Most Democrats consider themselves uh, Christians as well. So the United States, although you would be hard pressed, you know, to prove. You know, if you were to test a Donald Trump or or, or half the people who claim to be Christians, they, they they couldn't even pass they couldn't even pass a Bible test. They they couldn't. And in fact, they they hang on a few issues like homosexuality and abortion as you know as these these main things. And you know, I just heard something, and I got to bring it up. I just heard something recently, and and if I'm wrong, somebody please point this out. But the irony of the Christian right. And, and both parties, Democrats and Republicans, being so pro-Israel, but the but the but the right in particular, the Republicans, and yet they the, you know they will literally appoint Supreme Court justices on one issue, abortion, and yet in Israel, abortions are not only legal, they're paid for by the government, a government that the United States spends sends billions of dollars to each year, so. A government that is that lives off the goodwill of the United States not only um, has legalized abortions, but the, but but their government paid for. I mean, how bizarre is that? I just throw that out there. Kind of kind of gets me a little off track, but uh, but I felt like I just want to throw it out there.
Look, if you go to church, um, I'm not condemning that. You know, if if the way that you cope with poverty, a lack of hope, the oppression, and, and let's not make any mistake about it here. Native people are still the most marginalized people on the planet. And, and Native people, where, wherever, especially when they live and, and still live under colonial rule. Colonialism, imperialism, that's that was you know uh, an extension of the doctrine of Christian, Christian discovery. But it, but if you believe that stuff, if you f- found out of the despair of being an oppressed people, a, a, a murdered people, a, a, a people, a victims of genocide, victims of residential schools, if you bought into that as a survival mechanism, and you still need that to survive, I, I can't condemn that. I can't condemn that. But if you're a critical thinker, if you're if you finally get to a place where you don't need that crutch, if if you get to that place where where you can stop believing that you're going to go to hell if you're not a Christian, and as long as you believe in Jesus Christ, you'll go to heaven. If you can get if you can get beyond that, look, there is no scientific evidence to support any of the Christian, uh, these, these Christian faith, these I, I, ideals. Heaven, hell, you know, even the good versus evil thing that, you know, that is so prevalent with with, with all three of the, the major religions, the religions of Abraham, as they call them, Islam, Judaism, and, and Christianity. Yeah, and they are, they're all related, folks. You know, it's, it, you know, for all of you who want to say that there's only one true God. Well, you, you know, all three of them believe in the same God. Believe in the same God. No evidence that it exists. The whole idea of an intelligent design and heaven and hell and prayer and all that stuff. No evidence for any of that stuff. But so, but if you can get to the place where you can think critically, I challenge people to, to start finding. I mean, recognizing when whether it's just vernacular, whether it's something, a phrase or a, or a comment slips in, or whether it's, you know, something, you know, perhaps more than that. Maybe it's how you view somebody. If, if, it's, been, if it's affected by, you know, some sort of Christian belief that's crept in, maybe we should think about that. If, it, if it's affected by, if, if, if how you handle a situation, whether you stand up or whether, or whether you cower down, whether, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, there, there are certain parts of, of religions that talk about charity. They, they talk about helping people. I mean, yeah, the blessed are the meek, you know, to me it sounds like pacifism, but, but there's also this whole idea that we, we shouldn't look at the people who, you know, we shouldn't look down upon people. Of course, <laughs> the flip side of this whole thing is there, there's, there's the the Old Testament, which is really about fire and brimstone and killing, and you know, you know, God being a wrathful God, and then there's the the loving Jesus part in the New Testament. They they don't even they're not even consistent. I mean, I don't know how people can reconcile um, a Bible that has. I mean, you, you want to talk about bipolar disorder? <laughs> well, apparently. Um, the God of the Bible is uh, is bipolar because you know somehow Jesus gave birth to himself. He's his own father, and and all that. I mean, look, and I don't I don't want to make fun. I don't want to want to make a mockery of it all. But there are some ir- irreconcilable differences within within this this belief system. And by all means, the charity stuff. I mean, the whole idea of you know doing unto others and you know and and helping people and you know and being you know being a good steward i mean there's there's parts of the bible that talk about taking care of the earth there but there's also parts that say subdue the planet subdue all the creatures of the earth put them beneath you and as it would turn out with the doctrine of christian discovery you could put people beneath you too because you could treat a person as less than human if they don't believe the same thing you believe so we have to confront some of that Look, and if you're hanging on for dear life, if your faith, unprovable faith, is what gets you by day to day, then hang on. Do what you got to do.
But if you're at that place where you feel confident enough to start to question, because, and, and, and so why? I mean, I guess the question is, well, why question? Why question? Why, why not just go along? Why, why not just get over it and get along with and do what everybody else, else does? Well, I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot wrong associated with it. And, and we have to, we as Native people, we, us in particular, we need to know the difference between equality and, and freedom. Because equality, I mean, the, the whole Christian thing is based on hierarchy. I mean, God created man in his own image and, you know, and then placed, you know, you know, people in, in, in positions of power. That's the, the word sovereignty comes from this idea that, that certain people claim that God gave them the power. And in fact, even, you know, even Jeff Sessions, the former attorney general of the United States, claimed that if, that if you defy your government, you're defying God because governments only exist because God allows them, like, like they're anointed. <laughs> like, like if a government does exist, it only exists because of the will of God. So somehow opposing your government. So for all of these, these people who want to claim, well, I got to protect my guns because, uh, because I got to fight tyranny. No, no. Not according to some of these evangelicals. <laughs> you, don't, you can't fight your government. That's because governments only exist because of the will of God. That, that's the see. This is where it gets complicated. Look, and I'm not you know um, an end of days or end of times guy. You know, or you know Armageddon, none of that stuff. But there are tough times coming coming ahead. I mean, regardless of American politics, you know, although part of that is, you know contributes, but between climate change, economic chaos you know, global conflicts and social unrest, government corruption. Some of us are going to have to figure out, well, how do we, how do we survive in, this, in a world of chaos? Well, faith isn't going to get it done. You're not going to pray and vote this stuff away. There's some things you have to, again, begin to apply critical thinking. You know, I, I, I know, sometimes, sometimes I get people who comment on my, on my shows and they say, yeah, but you don't provide any answers. Look, I'm not saying that I have the answers, but we have to recognize the problem. I, I do have some thoughts. I have some, I, I do have some answers that are hard to implement one person at a time. So I think we do have to address some of these issues. And I, and I think we have to confront some of those, Beliefs that are based on oppression, that are based on 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 again on this doctrine of Christian discovery. If we can shed some of that away, and look, and I don't care that the things slip into the language. I mean, people say a lot of things that are meaningless, or or they use a lot of metaphors that no longer have the uh, have the effect that they used to have. So I know people will say, "Oh my God," <laughs> and that's that's certainly not you know. Um, a testament to somebody's belief. Even people use, you know, say, oh, Jesus Christ, and they swear and they, and they use the Lord's name in vain. Lots of people do that. And, and so that's less, even, you know, even if you buy somebody presents for Christmas, that's, to me, that's less of an issue than the wholesale buying into capitalism, exploitation, colonialism, imperialism, you know, and again, consumerism. It's yeah, it's tied to it. I mean, how many people just make stuff up and they say it comes from the Bible? Oh, God only helps those who help themselves. That that's no place in the Bible, folks. That's made up. And yet, that's what people will say. And you know, and and you know, they'll ignore the parts of of the, of the Bible that condemn gluttony and and you know, uh, you know, becoming rich at the expense of others. Income disparity—that the idea that there, that wealth only exists at the you know, um, you know, at the hands of the of the impoverished. I'm not promoting socialism or any ism, but we better recognize the fact that we're in a place that that probably requires us to rethink and retool a little bit. We better rethink lifestyle choices. 
And those lifestyle choices better have more to do with fear of going to hell, burning in hell for all of eternity. And it better have more to do with, you know, than thinking that... I mean, I saw somebody post just the other day. Well, you know, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you don't believe in, in, you know, in Christianity... Then and you're wrong, you're going to burn in hell for all of eternity. So why not just believe in it? Well, because that's not really belief. If you're trying to hedge your bets by claiming to be a Christian, if you're going to hedge your bets, say, well, just in case that whole Jesus thing is real, I'm going to tell everybody I'm a Christian. You think that flies? (laughs) I mean, and here's one of the other things, and I got to bring this up. One of the bases uh, of Christianity is that man is inherently evil. And I look, there's plenty, of, there's plenty to back that up. The irony is most of the evil that is, that is done by man is promoted by religion. But if you believe that the only way a person can be good is by the grace of God, without understanding what any of that could possibly even mean, that's therein lies the problem therein lies the problem so i want to do this show because it's come to my it's come to my attention that one of the the gravest legacies of the doctrine of christian discovery is christianity and its pervasive nature so I want to thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, I'll be back here uh, on, well, let's see, today's Tuesday, so I'll be back here, here on Saturday. Uh, do check out my show. I'm, I'm introducing my, my brand new co host in, uh, in New York, uh, Regan, who is going to be joining me, um, a friend of Shawnee Rice's, who's, who's going to uh, be, be sitting in. And uh, you know, we're, we're entering a fun drive, but uh, uh, I'd like to introduce my, my new co host to folks uh, to, my, to my show in New York on WBAI. That's Thursday from 3 to 5 uh, p.m on wbi and of course we'll we'll do facebook live streaming of that show as we always do and put it up on youtube and podcast a whole bit so again i want to thank you for listening check out our website letstalknative.com check out our store check out our gallery check it all out uh you know subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our youtube channel and uh, again i want to thank you for listening this is john kane this is let's talk native yahweh